I want to talk a little bit about the difference between healing um, the inner teen and healing the inner child and sort of sure. what, that, what that looks like. Yeah, I would love to share with you an example. Can I ch- share a little story? Um, this is kind of a story of, so, it's like multiple people kind of lumped into one. It's something I've seen through dozens and dozens of women. So it's this woman named Michelle and she, um, she grew up in a family where her parents were like really perfectionistic um, not a lot of emotion in the home. They, I think her mother was like a professor. Um, and so like everything, the way that her mom talked to her was the energy. Like, if you don't do this, something bad's going to happen. Like if you keep eating like that, you're going to gain weight. If you don't do your homework, you're not going to get into a good school. If you don't, um, you know, it was just like a fear-based kind of like relationship really. And, um, her mom really kind of saw childhood as a deficiency, like little things like taking a long time to do homework or, you know, being messy sometimes. It was just like, like a, like a devastation, <laughs> you know, like everything was a problem. And it was like, it left her feeling like I can never be good enough. Like I am fundamentally wrong. Like there's something deeply wrong about me. And the way she coped with that was through like really trying to prove. So she would like, um, go to school. She would like do extra, you know, overload. And then she would like fail because she was trying to, you know what I mean? Like overshooting to prove, but then never being able to market. So it was kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then in her marriage, it was kind of the reverberations were things like, you know, her husband would have a lot of these anger like spells and she would just like cater to him to try to like make it better, please him, but never like being fierce. So she just kind of like accepted. She didn't really have a voice with her husband. And then in her business, she owned a business. It was it flailed for a long time um, because she had this pattern of like, fill my plate. I need to get this program. I need to do this. I need to learn this thing. I need to get credentialized in that. And so it was just this constant swing between I'm not good enough. So I have to overcompensate, but then I'm overwhelmed. Then I react to that. You know, so she was just kind of on this roller coaster. And in working with her, we got to kind of what was going on. And there was actually two different things happening. One was her inner child, the younger one, was like, Mommy, I want you to love me for me. Like, please love me, see me. You know, so she's looking for the, through all this like achievement, looking for that approval, like, kind of like what you were saying, Crystal, like arriving there, like to finally be at that place where she's good enough. Um, And then, but another thing was also happening, which was the the teenager had a totally different experience while all this was happening. The inner teen was like pissed at her mother. Like, why can't I ever win? Like, why can't I ever just be good? Like, that's what I really want is just to be good. So there was also this anger and rage of the inner teenager. And it was like the two of them were at odds. The inner child was longing for the mother's approval, but the inner teen was like, F you, mom. I don't want anything to do with you. So there was like this push-pull where the two inner parts were kind of at odds with one another. So in our work together, I helped, we kind of got clear on these two different things that were happening and really giving each kid a different thing um, from her as her adult self, right? So I talk about this process called validate, differentiate, revalidate the emotions, whatever they are of the inner child. 
And then we differentiate, which is meaning that we kind of differentiate the past from the present because a lot of what's driving the tension with the inner parts is that they're operating on a false conclusion of what will help them feel safe. Um, they're looking for regulations. So they have different needs. So it was a matter of kind of working with both parts at once, but giving them two different kind of developmentally appropriate messages of what they needed. So for the inner child, the younger one, it's about nurturing. It's about affirming her goodness, her lovability, no matter what, differentiating that whatever mom treated us, her you know inability to accept us for who we were, that's really her stuff. It actually never had anything to do with you. With the inner teen rebelling against that constant control, the message that Michelle needed to give her inner teen was like, I respect you. And yeah, your rage is 100% legit and makes total sense. You have every reason to be angry, right? So really listening to inner teen and validating that rage. Um, so in so doing, you know, different things with each part over time, and this doesn't have to take a ton of energy, but it has to be consistent. The two, they calm down and they start to feel more integrated. So there's less, and there's less of a need to reactively compensate with creating problematic habits on the outside as well. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really relate to that because I do feel like when I think about it, it's like I know deep down that you want, I want love and acceptance, but then there is the layer of the rage, I don't give a fuck part. So it is like the two parts. It's like, the younger mm-hmm. self wanting to be seen, wanting to be acknowledged, wanting to, um, yeah, just receive love and attention. And then the the point in my teens where I was like, oh, fuck this. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, this absolutely is not working. So, And that's, that's wisdom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's wisdom. Because you could see the F that vibe is on point because you could see you know, you probably could see the lack of integrity in people around you. You could you could see that some things were not in your best interest, but you were being told that they were, you know. You can see through the BS, but you're not given the, 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 the like latitude or autonomy to necessarily act on that. Yeah. And it's almost like the, as a child, you are operating out of, I need to survive. And so it's like, I yeah. need the, the love, the safety, the nourishment, the shelter that, you know, and then you differentiate mm-hmm. yourself a bit as a teen where I think you're just, the consciousness is coming more and more online of like, oh, my parents are people, individ-. you know, it's like I am an individual and this reliance on them becomes less and less for like a survivability aspect. Totally. So I can see just the, it's such a, there's so much friction there because by society's standards and and family rule standards, you're still under quote their roof. And so it's like the parent is like, no, you need me to survive. And therefore I, what I say trumps all. And then there's this part of us as a teen that's like, I don't think I need you to survive, but I would love to be, have all of those things like being acknowledged, respected, to thrive, you know, to really thrive. Totally. It's like the teen needs, they do need nurturing, but they really do also need respect and autonomy and a voice. So even if the teen's ideas are, you know, whatever, not 
they need to at least be heard. That's what their developmental need is, right? So it's like they're at this precipice of I need, but I don't need. And that half and half needs to be respected by the adults. And often our adult parents, especially, you know, some older generations, I don't know how old our parents are, but they were not raised where teens were respected. And even like, like in my case, my parents, they were like met each other when they were 16 and then they got married like when they were 22 or something like that. So they were kind of teens when they had me in a way. Um, And like the, yeah, so it's really interesting how, parents react based upon what their upbringing was. And a lot of parents, the old school, especially if this is how they were raised, would see things like needing a voice, being able to be angry at your parents. They would automatically see that as disrespect instead of, oh, my child is meeting a developmental need and I need to kind of like man up and be here for this. Because parenting is, yeah, one of the most demanding jobs on the planet, but also on the larger scale, our culture I mean, the pandemic is a perfect example of how unsupported parents are with the pandemic and everything. So everybody's stretched thin. And I think that's why right now we're seeing inner teens acting out across the board. Parents, you know, people are, we're in a time of a lot of division where there's a lot of reactivity. And so this stuff is coming out. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.